<laughs> you can turn to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. And uh, I'm going to kind of set this up and then we'll look at the scripture. Um, if you want to, you can just leave that up on the screen so everybody can find it. But uh, I'm going to start with the story that I told you I was going to tell you. I mentioned it on Wednesday, but I'm going to share it in a little bit of a different light this morning. So the other day was National Coffee Day. And if you know Pastor JT, you know that I love coffee. Praise God. I love coffee. I love a good coffee. Even though Krispy Kreme is not my favorite coffee, it said free coffee. I said, bless God, I'm going to get it. And so I went over to Krispy Kreme. I got my family. We went, and we're going to go get a free coffee on National Coffee Day. Now, the advertisement that popped up on my phone said free coffee and free donut per person. I said, all right. Well, that means I get a free coffee. My wife gets a free coffee. And then we get four donuts because we got my wife, me, Kaylee and Madison, and I figured Josh being seven months old doesn't need a donut quite yet. But that's four free donuts. And so I get in there, and I, uh, we, we go up to the line, and the guy's kind of clueless. It's like he didn't know it was National Coffee Day. I'm like, bro, how do you not know it's National Coffee Day? And so he's asking his manager, what do I get? You know, and he asked him something about, do they get a dozen? For a second, I thought we were going to get a dozen for free. I was like, come on. And she said, no, 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 it's just one, it's just one. So he said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's one per person. I said, okay, sounds good. So one per person. So now he's on the same page. We, we pick out our donuts. We pick out the coffee. We go and she rings us up and she says, that'll be $4.35. I said, no, ma'am. No, ma'am, you don't understand. Our donuts are paid for. See, I've got this coupon and I redeemed the coupon. And so my, my donuts are paid for. And she said, uh, no, sir. It, it, I, I entered the coupon here and it took off the one coffee. And it took off the one donut, but there's still three donuts here, and it's $4 and some change. I said, uh, no. And so by this point, you know, and I'm not being mean or anything, but I just, I felt like my donuts were paid for. And so I, I didn't want to pay for them if they were paid for. How many of y'all agree it does not make sense to pay for something that's already paid for? It does not make sense to pay for something that's already paid for. And so I said, okay, um, um, maybe you can help me read this. So I'm reading through the fine print. She's reading through the fine print. The manager comes over, and all this happens. And finally, the manager says, look, I think what it is, is it's one per person per order. Per account is what it was, per account, per Krispy Kreme account. And I said, okay, I'm fine with that. And she said, but here, just because I see you're a loyal customer and because of the confusion, I'm going to give you my personal manager's 50% discount. I said, well, bless God, I'll take it, I'll take it. So we got it for $2 and something. But I, I, I was thinking about my message today and what I wanted to tell you and what I felt like God wanted to tell you. And I was thinking about me sitting there in Krispy Kreme and the reason I felt the way I felt is because I didn't want to pay for something that I'd already paid for or that had been paid for for me. Krispy Kreme, in my opinion, had paid for my donuts for me. So I didn't need to pay for them. So let's go, just for the remainder of the discussion, let's pretend like I got all my donuts for free so I can use my Krispy Kreme analogy clearly. Fair, fair enough, all right? Because I did get my donut and my coffee for free. So it did not make sense for me to pay for my coffee and my donuts that were paid for. And we see here in Galatians chapter three something that's crucial for every believer. If you, if you think about what we've been preaching the last couple of months, actually, I've been talking about faith, most all of us, Pastor Steve, Pastor Justin, we've all been kind of talking about faith in different lines. We've been talking about the words we speak. We've been studying Mark chapter 11. We've been talking about exercising our faith. 
But the, 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 the key that I want to share with you today, if you don't get it, it will hinder your faith. Because Mark eleven twenty three tells us what? That when we exercise our faith, when we have the faith of God, say the faith of God. When you have the faith of God, Mark 11 says to speak to the mountain. Right? Speak to the mountain. Speak to the mountain. So what do we do? We exercise our faith using a corresponding action. The first of which is our words. We use our words. We use our mouth. It says to speak to the mountain. So that's what we've been talking about the last few weeks. We speak to the mountain. What, is, what else does Mark 11 say? It says that we speak to the mountain, be thou cast removed, excuse me, be, be plucked up, cast into the sea, right? That's the King James Version. Be removed, be cast into the sea. The person that says that and does not doubt in his heart, but believes the things which he says, he will have whatever he says. That's Mark chapter 11. That's your homework. You can go read it if you missed it or you missed the last few weeks. Go read Mark chapter 11. That's faith. Faith says that I don't have to see the mountain moved to believe in my heart that it's moved, speak to it that it's moved, and don't doubt that it's moved. And the key that I want to share, you, share with you today is, is so crucial because in three key areas of your life, if you don't realize that, that Jesus Christ already paid for that, if you don't realize that he's already paid for it, then you're going to try to pay for it. You're going to try to, 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 to have methods that you use, whatever it may be, there's different teachings and different people out there that tell you, oh, well, if this has happened in your life, then the only way to get through that is blah, blah, blah. But I want to tell you today that Jesus paid for it. Look at this, Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us. I want you to say redeemed. Jesus Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. So he literally, Jesus literally became a curse for you and I. And by doing so, he paid or redeemed us from the curse of the law. I'll explain that in a second, but let's keep reading. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, if you were to go down to verse 25, he, he, he goes on through, through the verses in between there, 15 to 24. But in verse 25, he kind of summarizes and says, after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. Meaning that once we have faith, once we've realized this, we don't need to act like a student who doesn't know what he's teaching here. There's, there's a point where we've got to realize, okay, I'm no longer oblivious to this. I, you know, when you graduate from high school, you don't act like you're in kindergarten anymore. Right? I mean, I mean, that'd be kind of silly, right? I mean, for someone, I mean, obviously there are circumstances that might cause someone, um, you know, mentally to, to descend. But for a normal human being, you would not go backwards that way. You would not graduate knowing the math that you would know, knowing the English that you would know, knowing all of the history and everything that comes along with high school, and then go back to saying, I'm sorry, I don't know what two plus two is. Can someone help me? I'm sorry, I don't know. Because Kaylee, my three and a half year old, she doesn't know what two plus two is. She hasn't gone to kindergarten. We wouldn't go backwards. He's saying once, once you've understood this, you can't go backwards like you don't have a tutor or like you're still under someone teaching you. What is he saying here? What is he saying here? I'm going to get out. Y'all know it's going to be good if Pastor JT brought his big Bible. Come on, somebody. I usually teach from my iPad, but I'm going to bust out the big Bible today. Come on. All right, here we go. 
Just in case you're wondering, this is a Dake's annotated reference Bible. Finnis Jennings Dake, just as a little bonus point here, was a phenomenal man of God who, who helped, helped us through these books understand the Bible deeper. He would literally quote the Bible, like the entire Bible. The radio stations would testimony. They would just leave him continuously on there, and he would sit in front of the mic on the radio and just recite the Bible from memory. Genius. Blessed of God. And so we have here his study and his references. And so I want to just elaborate a little bit on what this is. And we may not fit this all in today. I'm going to have to go a little bit further later. But today will be kind of the setup, the premise of of this key principle. And then we can dive into it further maybe next week. This word redeemed is exaggerozo. It's a Greek word, exaggerozo. Almost like exaggerative or exaggerating, exaggeroso. And it literally means, literally translates to redeemed or another explanation of the word or definition of the word is to buy back. To buy back. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you're paid for. Tell them you're paid for. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say you are paid for. You don't have anybody look at I'm going to look at you, Marlon. You are paid for, sir. You are paid for. You are paid for. Listen, you are paid for. Just stop trying to pay for things that you're paid for. Well, what have I, what, what did Jesus pay for me then? Okay, what is the curse of the law? Because that's what it says in Galatians 3, 13. You can put that back up there, Brother Chuck, and just leave it. Because that's really what I'm talking about today. The curse of the law, generally speaking, was talking about the Pentateuch, all right? Which is the first five books of the Bible. The first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. All right, those five books generally are referred to as the law, all right? And they are, of course, the beginning of time and all of that, but there are mandates in those books. And what happened was is, is, is in the initial development of how do we serve God, there were things that came up that, that they said, okay, well, if you don't serve God in this way, if you don't obey God, then a curse will come upon you. Now, some people have twisted this And it made it, well, that God's the one cursing. But I want to challenge you with this thought. If I told you that you can have my car, you can have my car. My car is yours. I've got the keys somewhere. As soon as I find them, you have it. It's yours. I'll transfer the insurance to your name. I'll transfer the title to your name. The only thing is you can't leave South Carolina. You can't leave South Carolina. You've got to stay within the border of South Carolina. My car has to stay within South Carolina. It's yours as long as you do that. Now, if you go outside of South Carolina, here's what's going to happen. The car's going to stop working. You'll be on the side of the road. You'll be charged and put in jail. I just made that up. I don't know why I made it so extreme, but whatever it is. That would, whatever it is, you know, if you go outside the state lines, that's what would happen. Now, let me ask you this. If you drove outside the state lines, did I put you in jail or did you put you in jail? So even under the law, even under the law, it was not God's design. Does that make sense? It was, not God's, it was not God's design for anyone to be cursed. I want to just set that straight right now. God is good. He is good all the time. And this was a, 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 a basic understanding for them. They, this was as, as, as primitive as it could be at the time because Jesus had not come yet. So I don't have time to elaborate on all this, but the short story is this, right? God created us to have relationship with him. 
We're on the earth. We're having relationship and communion with him. Adam sins. When he sinned, he sold his birthright to the devil, which put into motion a series of things that could only be changed by Jesus Christ. In the in-between time, man didn't know what to do and didn't know how to handle it, and so these things got developed, and, and, and I think that God was dealing with what he could in order to get to the point to bring Jesus and fix it. Make sense? Make sense? Everybody good? Everybody clear on that? That's the short version. Yes, I could elaborate on that, and I could show you the entire Old Testament, but for the sake of time, that's how we got to Galatians 3. So Jesus Christ literally bought us back. Not just our sin, Yes, salvation, but not just that, because here it says that he redeemed us, not just from our sin, but from the curse that the sin brought. From the curse that came along with it. Now, if you were to read Deuteronomy, for instance. Deuteronomy, well, it says a lot of things, but in one place, I put it here in my notes, uh, or I think I did. Did I put it in my notes? It's probably somewhere there. But Deuteronomy literally said that if you, if you did not obey God's statutes, that poverty would come onto your family. Poverty was a curse of the law. It was part of the curse of the law. Additionally, sickness was a part of the curse of the law. If you disobeyed God, sickness would come on you. Sickness would come on your family. So we see poverty, we see death. Now again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna expand on this. I can give you scripture and, and support for all of this. I'll have to do that another day for the sake of time. But these are two of the things. The third one is spiritual death. Maybe you should write those three things. What did God redeem me from? What did Jesus Christ redeem me from? Poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. All of which are in the law. All of which are covered in those, those five books, the Pentateuch. All of those are there. They, they literally say that if you didn't obey God, that those things would come upon you, that it was a repercussion. It was going outside of the South Carolina state lines. And so we see here in Galatians 3, though, the complete opposite. Because in the Old Testament, they would call it atonement. Have you ever heard that word before? Atonement. Atonement, they would literally do, they would have a sacrifice or a thing that they would do. They would, depending on your class, you would have to sacrifice a bird or sacrifice a lamb or sacrifice or whatever, and that sacrifice would atone. I want you to say that word with me. Say atonement. It would atone your sins. What does that mean? It would, it would pay the punishment for your sins so that the curse wouldn't come on you. Okay, so I sinned. I disobeyed God. The curse is now applied. But if I sacrificed the whatever, a bird or a lamb or whatever it was, then it would atone for my sins. That was the law. That was under the curse of the law. When Jesus Christ died, get this, get this. If you don't get anything today, get this. When he died on the cross, in this verse, in verse 13 to 14, it says, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. He literally became atonement. He became atonement for you and I. He became atonement for every believer. He became atonement so that you don't have to go and sacrifice birds and lambs every time you mess up, that you can just say, dear heavenly father, forgive me, I messed up. And you don't, have to, you don't have to expect, warrant, or ever experience the curse of poverty, sickness, or spiritual death. I want to say that again, because, because if, if, if the Bible's true, which it is, 
Then Galatians 3.13 says that Jesus Christ redeemed me. He paid for me. My donuts are paid for. He paid for me. He atoned for me. Sickness, poverty, and spiritual death. Now, I will have to elaborate on those and can show you the original and then where it brings us to today. But for the sake of the conversation today, I want you just to grasp your your imagination, wrap your head around, and hook up your faith to the fact that you never have to experience poverty. It's It's a curse. You are not cursed. And you should never be cursed because your donuts are paid for. You should never experience that. You should literally never. See, I think what happens is that sometimes you hear a preacher talk about faith. And so you're like, okay, I'm going to exercise my faith. And, and let's not use money. Let's use sickness. And so you say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe God for healing. And so you start believing God for healing. But if you don't realize this, you might get twisted and think that sickness is part of your punishment. Well, I messed up last week. There were all those years where I wasn't serving God. This is probably my punishment. Maybe so. You know, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, which literally means separation. There is a cost for our sin. So maybe it is, but you don't have to pay for it. You don't have to pay for it. All you have to do, the Bible says that he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. All you have to do is ask him. And then, you know what? Resist that. Like, like think about a curse. Think about, like, like you, and none of this is maybe my, like, millennial imagination or whatever. But, you know, like, in the movies where you see, you know, like, like clouds, like, coming over, like, when they would do, like, some sort of magical whatever is coming over you. It's not like that. It's not like, it's not, you know, a cur- like, it's not like that. We don't live in Harry Potter world. Okay? We don't. But what do we live in? We live in a world where the spirit world is real. The devil is real. And so in the spirit realm, the devil is, and his, his cohorts, his demons are at work. So you have to resist that. How do you resist it? The Bible says we do that with his word, by the spirit, and with faith. Faith is the, like a, a, says that it's like a shield, a shield of faith that quenches the fiery darts of the wicked one. Okay, so we've been talking about faith. We come to full circle today. We're talking about we're redeemed. You are paid for. You should be exercising your faith, not worrying about what the devil's throwing at you. His his darts are the curses. His darts, his, his, his weapons are sickness, poverty, death, destruction, separation from God. That's what he wants. If he gets that, he wins. Why would that ever be good for God? Why would God ever want that? I never understood that when people say, oh, well, I'm, just, I'm just going through my wilderness. Like it's like a badge. Like you're going through, no, 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 no. The, the Bible says that the Israelites, that when they went through the wilderness, it was their doing. It was their mistake. It was their, they disobeyed God. They didn't have faith in God. And they didn't have an atonement to make up for it, so there were repercussions. Now, curses are paid for. The results may still exist. The results may still exist, but the curse is paid for. 
You know, so let me elaborate. If you have sex outside of marriage, there's a good chance you're gonna have a baby and that's still gonna exist. But there's not a curse that you have to pay for for your sin. Does that make sense? So there may be results and, and, and things that come along with, but you don't have to pay for it in a curse form. You have been, the, the, the curse of the law has been paid for. Now, I know I need to elaborate that and I could, I could go even further, but I wanna read what something that, that Dake said, finish Jennings Dake, and I'm gonna end on this so that we can jump in and see the Sumter live stream. He said this, if sin, sickness, pain, suffering, death, and all that's associated with the law were a part of the curse of the law, then they are all atoned for. I'm gonna read that again. If sin, sickness, pain, suffering, and death were all a part of the law, or excuse me, a part of the curse of the law, then they are all atoned for. All of them. All of them are paid for. That's, that's, why, that's why when he says to come boldly, when he says to live in a bold life, that's why, because we can. Because you've got a receipt that says this is paid for. This is, this is paid for. No, 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 Satan. Let me, you know what? I, I, know, I know you're trying to attack me, but let me look in my purse real quick and get my receipt. Let me look in my wallet real quick and show you my receipt. Because I, I, that's paid for. So you can't bring sickness on me. You can't bring poverty on me. You, you can't. I know you're trying to and you're trying to make me feel guilty, but you can't. You can't. It will not work. Now, if you allow him to, I could have paid for my donuts. I could have shown her the receipt and said, She's, she, 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 it was actually originally $7. Can you imagine $7 for some coffee and donuts? I said, uh, you know what? Forget that. I know that I showed you the receipt, but I'm going to pay you all $7. I could have. And many of us do that all the time. You can come on up, Brother Andre. We do that all the time. We just pay for what Jesus has already paid for. Stop paying for things that are already paid for. Stop. Walk by faith, live by faith. This entire chapter is where we get the premise of the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Well, how do I live by faith if I don't understand that Jesus has redeemed me? He's paid for me. He's literally bought back all of my, all the curses that I should pay for for my mistakes. I don't have to pay for them. I can walk in blessing. I can walk in righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. Say that with me. I want you, actually, I want you to stand up on your feet as we close because I do want to jump in the live stream here in just a second. But I want you just to declare that over your life, over your family, over your situation. Say, I am the redeemed of the Lord. You know, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You need to say, say, I'm redeemed. I'm paid for. You are paid for. Jesus paid for you. He paid for everything that you need, for everything that you could ask for. It's paid, it was provided for. I love that verse 25. I don't know if you can put it back on the screen. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. Let's live by faith. Let's live by faith. Don't let the devil bring on you what does not belong to you. Don't pay for something Jesus already paid for. 
there are probably two types of people in this room or maybe those that are watching online. There's one type, one person, one type of person that needs Jesus. It doesn't have a relationship with Jesus at all. Maybe never has had a relationship with Jesus. And you say, I want that. I want what you're talking about. And another type of person is one who has had that relationship, but has walked away from it. Who needs to reconcile it. Who needs to make things right with God. If you're either one of those two types of people, I want to pray with you. If you're all over this room, if you'll bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're in this room and you're one of those two types of people, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. But I would just like to know so that I can pray with you. Would you just raise your hand if that's you? If you're online, I pray that you'll, if you're one of those two types of people, I pray that you'll let us know, that you'll put it in the comments or maybe you'll send us a message. Columbia at fwcchurches.com. You can email us. You can write us on Facebook or Instagram and just let us know. You can uh, write us there on YouTube. Let us know. We want to pray with you. What I want to do, everybody in this room and everybody online, will you guys just pray this prayer with me and just pray it out loud by faith. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, today I declare that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. I confess that He died on a cross after He was born as a baby and lived as a man. After he died, he was buried in a grave, but he rose on the third day. And today he's alive. He's seated in heaven with you, interceding for me. And I receive him today as Lord and Savior of my life. Today is a new day. I thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins, for cleansing me, of all of my unrighteousness. And I thank you for it. I praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Will you just give God some praise?